Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by everybody's favorite ballot stuffer. What's up, Sarah? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, I'm I'm uh, very proud of my vast left-wing conspiracy um, to defraud the election. Uh, we've been <laughs> we've been doing it every uh, two years um, since I turned 18, and I gotta say the results are about 50-50. Um, my name is Sarah Siders. I'm being facetious. I'm kidding. I am lying. I'm doing any number of those things. I'm also envious of Dave for always having the good like on theme T-shirt. Um, oh, baby. Yeah, very, very cute. Very nice. Very appropriate. Um, for more appropriate content, find me on Twitter at Sarah Siders. Gene, you're, you're here for the start of the show. I know. Weird, right? <laughs> so I'm here just you, in time you to hear Sarah to... say that she's got appropriate comment uh, content on Twitter, which I, I don't know. Did you cast a ballot today, Gene? Well, well, there's nothing happening in Delaware. You no no elections, no like school board or anything. I don't have kids. I don't vote for school boards. That's good. It's a good attitude. I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, okay, now I'm centered. No, okay. I, I I didn't vote. Uh, I worked today. I didn't get. They're they're all I've gotten is advertisements from New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I could yeah. intelligently vote in the Jersey governor's race. I could intelligently vote for about a half a dozen. Uh, superior court judges in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea if there was even an election in Delaware. Have you guys no been idea. getting the unsolicited text messages? Mm -hmm. No, I haven't even Not... been getting those. All I get is phone calls <laughs> be telling illegal. me about my um my extended warranty. That's it. That's all I get. Okay. Which I uh... did accept that today, and so I'm set up. I've got an extended warranty. Nice. That's money in the bank, Gene. Don't don't you hear otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I, oh I feel like God. I'm already have that peace of mind. That's Good. okay. I want a trip from Hilton Rewards. So have you? Suck it. Nice. Um, the Connecticut police are coming to my door. This is like my last chance. Yeah, yeah. And a the digitized out for us in Texas. <laughs> the entirely digitized voice makes it incredibly convincing. I'm Very having a bad day though. I, I am having a bad day. Because have you ever um, have you ever realized that like it's just passed you by? Like you're just not you're just not in your prime anymore. Like you can't do the things that you used to be able to do. And I'm talking about Tetris 99. Mm. I cannot crack through anymore. I used to get victories on the regular. I mean, the kids have just caught up to me. They know all my tricks. I can, I can, I, we had a, there was a Tetris 99 event this weekend. I didn't, I didn't register one single victory all weekend long. It's been really hard. I just don't think I have the, I mean, gambling on Dave and Tetris was like, I think how I put myself in anymore. Power. They neutralized me. I don't know, but um, we're here to, we're here to talk I mean, about some Philly of us are sports. thriving. So. <laughs> we're here to talk about Philly sports today. Not my Tetris, my waning Tetris skills. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the cover the cover, the flower, the, the title of the show, the cover art of the show is, uh, was going into this week. We had the, the, the flower metaphor. Anyone, anyone with a green thumb here on the show? No, I kill yeah. everything. 
everything just dies. I, I feel can't keep the lawn going. I feel like that takes work. <laughs> I can I can maintain a plant, and then like I get cocky about it, and then it's like, oh crap, it's dead. But I can keep a house plant alive for a little bit. Yeah, even bamboo. Like I can't even keep bamboo alive. Like in a like a little potted bamboo plant it just doesn't work for me. Once it gets um, out of the but, pot, though, it's everywhere. So be careful with that. It's working. Yeah, it's working for it's working for Nick Sirianni with the uh, the the flower metaphor. Put it up in front of a room of grown ass men. Put a picture of a flower up and said, "In order for the roots to grow, everyone has to water and fertilize the plant." Ooh. It's the fertilized thing I'm concerned about. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that invites somebody putting shit in your locker. Yeah, I mean, like, we've, <laughs> we've dropped a deuce on several occasions this season. On the football yeah, we've got field. plenty of shit to to spread around. Is what, is what yeah. I think what you're, he was saying. We've, we've generated enough it? poop. Now <laughs> let's spread it around and grow some some crops. Is, is vomit a good fertilizer? Do we Donovan back? Mm. I don't think so. I think it's too acidic. Yeah. I, I was going to agree. Oh, boy, the state of Philadelphia sports. It's Gene is I mean, late. I Dave mean, for, is no longer. To be honest, we, we, the championship is synonymous with horse manure. It's, they're pretty much. <laughs> yeah, don't let that kid. Don't let that thing. kid near the field. He'll, he'll eat up all your fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, it worked. But, I mean, does this kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, here's the question, right? Like, is this all bullshit? Do people buy into this? Do you feel like, I mean, would it work on you if you went to work and your boss put up a picture of a flower and said, look, we all got to get this flower growing. We need some, we need some buds. We need some petals. We need some stamen. We're going to attract them bees, baby. We got to pollinate. <laughs> And it's not going to work unless we fertilize and and water this plant every day. Are you like, yes, I'm in? No. Um, <laughs> and especially, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Tirani's better behind closed doors. I mean, he has a he has a little charisma. He's not completely devoid of it. But I I don't find the charm there to make that work. Um, I I don't know who could make it work. It's so incredibly hokey, and I think people could buy into it if he had a winning record. You know, I and I, I don't think, and I not to stereotype some of the. Who knows? Maybe the maybe the entire offensive line has a green thumb, and this really resonated with them. But you don't think of you bet profession, your garden. You bet your garden. <laughs> I think of that often. It's <laughs> it's a Saturday morning staple, um, but. You don't think of professional football players as gardeners. I don't like I can't can't you find any other anything that's more apt or compelling? Like I don't know, they're young men, they're young rich men. Make it about fancy cars, make it about video games, help make it about working out. You know, they they've seen the results in their own body, you assume. You know, they've they've made it to the NFL, you know. So when you go, hey, let's talk about planting flowers, unless unless Jalen Hurts is like, damn man, somebody's finally speaking my language. I have these perennials that like are my pride and joy. 
unless that's happening behind the scenes, I I can't I can't see the logic. I can't see that anyone said, "Yeah, good idea, coach." It's the it's the antithesis of the Ray Rhodes uh, motivational speech that, like, you know, I I guess because it's I don't know maybe it's you know because we're all of a certain age and you know that we're not part of this generation that may respond better to this type of coaching this type of like Gabe Kapler Nick Sirianni because uh, I kind of put them in the scene for other people you know I don't know worked on Sunday and the Eagles just whoop some ass on the uh on the Detroit yeah, Lions do you, but do you think what does speech, it mean do you think it was the speech that worked on Sunday I think it was more know. important Maybe at some like, point during the week. Either it was his Is it a genius coordinator move? or Sirianni sat down and said, hmm, I think that my big guys can run into their big guys and we can move the ball better that way. I think that he saw something – somebody saw something on tape that said, if we just let the offensive line go finally and hit some people – we're gonna we're gonna be able to control the ball, and that's what happened. Uh, how long have we been saying run the ball, or at least have a balance to your offense? Why does it take to you play the Detroit Lions to finally decide, like, oh yeah, maybe we'll run the ball? I don't know what to say. I, Were they waiting for Jordan Howard to get there? I, I don't I don't understand. Like, how do you prepare for this team? Like, do you? <laughs> The Lions in no way saw, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you couldn't have thought, you did not expect the Eagles to do what they did. Like there was no evidence leading up to that game that made you think they were going to do what they did. There's no evidence that leads me to believe that they're going to continue to do that moving forward. But And I, and I can take the nothing. Part is they have the personnel to at least attempt to do this. I, I don't know, do they? I don't know why you wait do. until it's a, a meaningless game against a, a, a team that is either on your level or below your level. Well, it's not a meaningless game. Okay, not a meaningless game. You're right. But it is not an opponent that you needed to sort of throw it's not this a, sort of a curveball strategically against. Yeah, I mean, it's not a statement. It's not a statement game by any stretch of the imagination, and that's my struggle with it is, okay, what the hell am I supposed to take away from this game? What And we were in the same position after week one. We're like, what are we supposed to take away from this game in Atlanta moving forward? It's like, I have no idea. The Eagles could go, like, I mean, you know, Chargers are next. They're okay. They got some flash, but they're not the greatest team in the world. You know, you, you could beat them. It's not beyond the stretch of the imagination to make that a competitive game and possibly win it. But I, I don't know when that when those types of games come up, we lose. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, not to put it back on Sirianni again, but th this team doesn't have much of, a, of an identity. You know, it. we are how many games into the season now? I, I don't even know. It's we were a couple months into the season and week one, it looked like it was going to be a really fun time. Um, not a lot of fun to be had until the Detroit game. And Detroit is bad. Are they at, Are they so bad that the Eagles, you know, 
looked like a really good team or, or was there something there or was there like, Hey, no pressure. And, and they won and they needed to win. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, this is a trap game. You know, they, you know, we're so much better than the lions, you know, up until the, the final score, I didn't, you know, up until the game was played, I wasn't certain they were better than the Lions. I mean, they certainly look better than the Lions. No, that there was is... nothing leading up to that game that would have made you say, we're, we are 40 points better than the Lions. There's no, I mean, to me, that game was like a coin flip. Yeah, I but... wasn't going to bet that game. I mean, like, I had no idea. And I still have no idea. You mentioned the, the Chargers, and then, like, I'm... You know, I'm Charlie Brown with the football going like, okay, well, maybe this Chargers game could be really telling. You know, this is a team that should be, you know, comparable, but probably a little better than the Eagles if the Eagles put up a really good performance, get the win against the them. Are one game behind the Chargers. Chargers are four and three. The Eagles are three and five. Yeah, but three and five, and this feels <laughs> miserable. I don't, it's, I don't know. Second don't, place. <laughs> We're in second goddamn place. We're not some bottom feeding team. We are we are an upper middle feeding team in a in a very in a very deep trench. We are and and place. and when digging a trench, you got to put the work in. You got to put in the fertilizer. You got to water the trench. You bring it back, Sarah. There we are. There we are. <laughs> Pulling it together. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just really, I just don't know. I don't want to not give them credit for the game because, yeah, it's like, you know, it's on your schedule. You got you got you can only play the team that's in front of you, you know, that blah, 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 blah. But I still just don't know what to take away from, from this week because the opponent is just so dreadful. I mean, so dreadful. But, I mean, more importantly you did it in a way that is not how you have been playing football. Like you, you completely changed sort of your mm -hmm. strategic philosophy. So it's not like you were able to see like, Oh, finally they put all of the elements together that they've been trying to do all year and everything sort of clicked. No, they came out and played like they were a completely different football team. They, they, yeah. It's like, they, they, it's like, it's like they were backed up in their own end zone and just decided to throw a left-handed pass. Right, right, yes. Which is that's a really clever play. You, you're going to think a that. Good move. Yeah, because if you took the sack, you wouldn't get the ball back, and then how would you give up the next turnover? It's important to maintain your three turnover a game average. Now, I, Carson Wentz is a man of God, and I don't think I don't think we should we should be so cruel to pick on him because he he values his his faith and his relationship with God more than winning games. When he gets too big of a head and feels like a franchise quarterback, he is compelled to throw that ball to the other team to keep him humble. And explains Tebow too. It does. It does. Like you you guys think like uh it's it all comes down to to W's. No, it comes down to to serving the big guy and keeping yourself humble. Pride Not the big W. It's the big G. <laughs> the big G. <laughs> the OG. 
Honestly, no judgment. Quick question. Are you more interested in the rest of the Eagles season or are you more interested in Carson uh, getting his touches, getting his reps in to get us that first uh, round pick and hopefully that he's miserable and horrible the whole time? I think I gave away what my answer is, (laughs) but I was just wondering about you guys. Nah, I'm more interested in watching like the actual Eagles to try to see what you know what's. I mean, the the Carson thing is fun, but I don't sit and watch Colts games. No, I don't either. I I I think I just get more joy out of the Colts. I'm sorry, Gene. What were you going to say? I I just wanted to say that really, um, I certainly have appreciated in you know some moments of the Eagles season, but I I can't say that this is the most enthusiastic I have felt as an Eagles fan in my life. Um, it's one of like I would say my waning interest years um i don't know if i would say i'm tanking you know (laughs) saving up enthusiasm pulling in assets so that you know when they're when we're ready i have a lot of enthusiasm to really throw at the team um but I i will say this the thing that i have been most sort of heartbroken about is Dallas is six and one, and they are at the top of the NFC, just behind Green Bay. And there's a chance good. that they're not only going to go in the playoffs, they may go deep in the playoffs. They might even go to the Super Bowl. And I can't tolerate <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fans if they win the Super Bowl again. I remember what that was like. It was a long time ago. I don't want to go back there. Do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you why they're not? This isn't going to happen, Gene. You may make you feel a little better. Please, I anything. All right, here's my here's my thinking. So Dallas plays in the worst division of football. So keep that in mind. They basically have six wins right at the doorstep, right there with the three teams that they, that they're playing against. Number two, there's only one. There's only one team that's the buy in the playoffs anymore because expanded playoffs like another team makes it or something so dallas isn't going to get that two they're always one injury away from like the whole thing completely falling apart like i don't think like it's like dak or it's cooper or elliot like one of these guys is going to get hurt so for sure like that's going to happen um and you know cowboy's going to cowboy you know, don't worry about it. It's going to fumble a snap for a field goal. It's going to, you know. And you know in December, you know when December comes, the turnovers are ready. The the oven dings, time to pull <laughs> turnovers. Here they are. Dallas is just going to do that things in December. So don't worry about it. It's too early. Okay. But All they right. could move the ball. They could. One of my, and it's not recent because it involves Tony Romo. It's exactly the incident you're citing, Dave, yeah, yeah. of the, and I think he did it like either two years in a row, but the, the big one, the big fumbled hold. For yeah, like that was the, the Seahawks playoff. Yeah, it was, I had, was out at a bar coincidentally. I mean, it wasn't a coincidence that I was out of the bar. That's what I was doing a lot at the time. But I, the game was on, and it was just so fun to be in a Roxborough bar and just watching that debacle. And it, the place was 
uproarious with laughter. It was, it was such. I'm not getting choked up. <laughs> it was just such a wonderful, it's such a wonderful moment that I just happy to to have been out with people for for that debacle. Uh, the, another thing for the the Cowboys for me with that injury that Dak had the other year, it's hard to hate on him. You know, I really did feel bad for him. I mean, the hate will come. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll get back on the hate horse. But right now, it's hard to hate Dak too much because I am. I was rooting for him to return. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the, the reason you don't hate him so much is because we're so bad. And you know, sure. I think if we were better and more competitive, you'd be there'd be a little bit more fire there. Um, and then the other thing to remember, Gene, is the better Dallas is and the closer they get to the Super Bowl, the more crushing it is for their fans when they lose. So that, that um, is sort of a nice perk. And you get that, like, you know, every week you have that rooting interest, you know? It's like, okay, well. So do I want Dallas them to go, like, around, 16 and you, 1 so that then when they when they lose in the first round, I can really take pleasure in it? Sure. I mean, like, when they play in the first round of the playoffs, you have a favorite team, and it's the team who's playing Dallas. And even if Dallas wins, then you have a new favorite team. <laughs> it's the team who's playing Dallas. So, you know, it'll be fun. That's going to um, be a lot of expensive T-shirts. <laughs> Just go with the shirtsies. You'll be in good shape. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk some flyers. Ooh, let's drop the puck. <laughs> Sharpen the, puck. the skates. Uh, there let's we go. let's uh, raise our shirts. <laughs> Mine's a flyer know. shirt. You what are we doing? Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so is mine, but it's oh, hard to very, see. Very, very light logo. It is. It's a light jacket. It's perfect. But uh, the Flyers, as we are recording, as we are streaming live, um, finish out a 3 nothing win over the continue to be winless. Um, they scored two goals while we were talking, huh? They did. They did. Uh, one of them was an empty net, but still, it counts nice. all the same. Eat shit, Ghost Bear. <laughs> they it. got to take uh, that little, like, welcome back um, curtain call, which... Legendary flyer, Shane, Shane Gus Despair. Come on. He was a highlight of some miserable seasons. And he was also kind of miserable in some okay seasons. He's a lightning rod for some miserable seasons. <laughs> I That's not true. That's there right. Are... It's Claude Giroux. <laughs> <laughs> How fast can we get Sarah's blood pressure <laughs> to an unreasonable level? See, I well. slept through every Flyers game this week, so I have nothing but jabs to throw (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right but good good, a good win a good win and it was it was a fine west coast trip right i think it was a very good west coast trip they won back-to-back games um the mcdavid oilers are no joke i mean we all know how good mcdavid is um uh dry very good as well and they're at the point in their career that they um are dragging that team kicking and screaming into relevancy so if you're playing the Oilers, you're you're going to be in a track meet, and the Flyers kept up. They won. I think the final score was six to three. That was a very fun game. It was a strong game. Then they had uh, a Vancouver team that's been decent this year. They they've been um, they've had some good games. They beat us to start the season, and then back to back games, two different goaltenders, two good performances. You know, two wins. 
And the Calgary loss was that one. I didn't watch a bit until replay. <laughs> the other two games, I watched the first period, um, started the second period in bed, fell asleep probably around the first or second commercial break of the second period. And the the Calgary game, I watched entirely on replay, but it wasn't. You smelled a clunker coming, right? See, I didn't. It was no. just. It was just. I was content with the two wins. You know, it was like, all right, yeah, and, you know, the Calgary game might be tough, and I just was like, eh, I'll, I'll catch it later. And I didn't expect I didn't expect the clunker, but Calgary has been very, very good under Daryl Sutter. And they're, they're a team that's been like the Flyers the last several years, where it's like you, you look at them on paper, they should be better than they are, or they would have a good season followed by a bad season, make – Playoffs miss the playoffs, and they're they might be undefeated. Don't hold me to that, but they they're winning far more than they they're losing. Calgary was a very good team, and tail end of a road trip. So I don't I don't think that was a, a bad loss in the least. Some people were unhappy with the the Flyers' effort tonight. the The Coyotes are winless. And the Flyers' next two games are against the Penguins and the Capitals. They come back from a long road trip that they could be happy about. This had trap game written all over it. It was a wide open play. I am perfectly fine. I am perfectly content with the the Flyers' win tonight. Um, yeah. What was there to be unhappy about? <laughs> First period. It was really wide open play. Way too wide open. Um I mean, it was fun to watch, but the the Flyers are a better team than the Coyotes. I think my irritation with the first period was that we let them back into it. It was kind of back and forth, trading chances, maybe a few more chances on the Coyotes' end. And the Flyers were like, let's shut this down. We are the better team. And I'm like, okay, this should be a route. And then took the pedal off the gas and the game opened back up and lots of scoring chances from the Coyotes side, which let's talk about the Flyers season on the whole, because we haven't yet. And there are lots of good things, but I think the team is still trying to find its level and our division is Phenomenal. It's the best division in hockey by far. Um, so it's going to be a, a tough feat to make the playoffs. It's way early. It's way early. Tonight, I think, was the eighth game of the season for the Flyers. So enough to have an idea of who the team is, but I don't think enough I, you know, it, it's way too early for scoreboard watching and worrying about our playoff position. But so let me let me ask. I, I think that what I've sort of established, and you can tell me if I'm just sort of misreading the tea leaves. Uh, do you get the sense that the Flyers, as a group collectively, is trying to play a bit of a more physical game? Um, I don't want to say that they're being more scrappy, but um, it does seem like there are, at least from what I've seen, the couple of games I've watched and sort of the highlights of the games that I haven't, which was most of Canada. Um, that, that they are trying to be, you know, take the body more, 
Um, they're, they're, the, the new defenders seem to be trying to sort of assert some sort of presence. Um, I'm thinking rest of line and specifically. Um, so, um, I mean, do, do you, do you get that they're trying to sort of assert a physical game or do you still sort of see them as a finesse team that they've been trying to develop themselves as? They're a more, a more complex team than they've been in seasons past. And part of that is that physical element gene. And it's not just Ristolainen, it's, um, what was it, McEwen, uh, that we brought in from the Canucks. Um, uh, Nate Thompson, there is a more pronounced physical element. This Flyers team is tougher to play against. And it's not the Flyers are going to goon it up, although there have been fights, there has been physicality there. But it's they're, they're tougher to play against. You take fewer liberties with our team. You see more post whistles pushing and shoving and, you know, players getting in other players' faces. And it, there's been an attitude shift, you know, from – the offense through the defense, through team defense, through the goaltending, the Flyers are tougher to play against physically, like you pointed out, Gene. Cam Atkinson and his scoring prowess, that guy loves to put the puck on net. And I think we see that more from the Flyers. This is not that team that, you know, it's six passes before you get a shot. They're more aggressive there as well. Um so I think I think the team is different than it was, not just personnel wise, attitude wise, and this isn't like going, oh, they're happier. They're I don't I don't care. I think they are happier, but I don't care that it's they they have guys out there trying to prove a little something, some veteran grit out there, which really still has a presence in hockey. You know, you you want the other team to know you can't take liberties with our guy over in the corner. You, you can't go up high. You got to respect this Flyers team. And I, I do think that is a factor, Gene. I think that it, it seems to be like they're trying to assert almost a bit of a, of a, of a different psychology on their opponents. Um, I think not to say that they were playing a soft brand of hockey last they year. They were playing a soft brand of hockey. It, it seemed a they lot were. more like it was a system thing and they were trying to, avoid unnecessary penalties and stuff like that, which I totally get. But sometimes in hockey, I feel like you have to have that element of, um, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, like that, that there's a couple of those, those shoves after whistles that, you know, it, it's like the, you know, the philosophy that, that Mickey taught Rocky, you know, you go to the body to wear the guy down over the course of the fight. You know what I mean? It's, it's maybe it's not the prettiest, maybe it's not the, the, the most fun to watch, but, um, you know, you want to make sure that, like, when you need, you know, in the third period, maybe, you know, he has to, you know, the guy looks over his shoulder because, you know, you've sort of set up that you're not to be sort of messed with over the course of a game. I don't think that the Flyers in the in the, in the direct previous season, I never felt that they were asserting their will on teams the way it seemed that they are more this year, which I appreciate. It was one of the things that I was hoping – in the change from last year to this year that you would see more of an element of more of a team. That's like, we're, we, you know, especially at home, we're going to assert our pace, our will against you. And you're going to be expected to raise your level to ours. 
too often I felt like last year the Flyers were playing the other team's pace, the other team's sort of style or, or countering their style and not being like, this is how we're going to play. This is our game. You're going to play to us. Yeah, last season was a mess. It really, it, it, you know, there's, you know, I was hearing some talk of, you know, how the underlying numbers, you know, aren't loving this Flyers team, which is a little concerning. Again, again, it's early, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's early to forgive their mistakes, but the team isn't its best self yet. And the the schedule is spread out, and we get a few games in, and then we go off to Western Canada. You know, now it's getting into that more of that groove of the hockey season is back. We're playing almost every other night, maybe a couple days in between here or there. But it's getting into the groove of an actual hockey season, so I'm really interested to see what happens next. But already I can tell you this is a much better team than last season which is good, but, but last season they didn't have an identity. They didn't have any composure. I, I've said it many times on the show that th they felt like at times they were just chasing the puck as opposed to having the confidence to let the play come to them at times, having the confidence to find space on the ice and wait for the pass as opposed to everyone swarming the puck, you know, even on defensive breakdowns, you know, somebody misses their, their coverage and now all of a sudden it's a, it's a two on one. You don't have a defender who looks like they have, you know, are deer in the headlights. And that's especially impressive because unfortunately Ryan Ellis has been out, I think the last five games, at least the last four, I believe it's the last five, which is not ideal. Um, he's been day to day the whole time. I, I have no idea what's going on with him. His injury issues last season was described as like a freak injury of like a, a broken knuckle. I have no idea if it's related to that at all. It's that is a, a glaring concern so far this season. The trade is still an amazing one. Um, but the, the team is definitely better with him in the lineup. They've been good with him out of the lineup. Provaroff again, my favorite player who frustrates me to no end lately. He's been that really confident, cool Ivan Provaroff even when Ellis is not in the lineup. I don't know, maybe he just can't be the the captain of the defensive team. It doesn't matter if it's on the ice or not, but he's been you know one of the better versions of, of Provorov team defense has been really good. Maybe, maybe not great, but far and far more improved. You have your forwards playing more responsibly and the, the defense has been effective. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been great, but I it's, I don't see it just falling apart. Like last season, I think, even if this Flyers team doesn't improve from where they are, and I'm optimistic that they will, especially when Kevin Hayes returns, but even if they don't improve from where they are very much, they're going to be hanging around the the playoff bubble, the playoff line, in a very, very competitive division. So I've, I've seen enough to feel comfortable saying that, but 
it, there's still lots of question marks of just how much can this Flyers team improve to shore up that position in the playoffs? Well, here's my problem with the Flyers, and it just, you know, can 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 the Flyers succeed with Cam Atkinson being their leading goal scorer? Yes. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He is – he's a streaky goal scorer, and um, just putting that out there because he will go cold. Um, I don't believe he scored tonight, although he had one that was called back due to a, a – a whistle they meant to blow or they should have called it dead, but they didn't. It was kind of NHL wonky. hates the flyers. Shit. NHL hates the flyers. Yeah, as you know, that once they left NBC, it was all downhill from there, but no, Atkinson is thriving with the flyers and that shoot first mindset of his <clears throat> has paid nothing but dividends. So it's, if he's their leading scorer, that's fine. You know, there has been, scoring depth going around there's you'd like to see a little more of it but again you know jvr i think has one goal but he's streaky he's gonna get hot tk is gonna get hotter jvr yeah yeah JVR's got one goal. Yeah. yep he'll be off the team hmm, probably next season because we we're gonna run out of cap space in a hurry you know? yeah yeah but it, the the so- this Flyers team has been fun to watch. Definitely been fun to watch. Was again a welcome change. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask when. When can we expect uh, Kevin Hayes to come back? Is he going to be like our free agent acquisition or like our our deadline acquisition this year? Or I wonder. My hope is that 2019 2020 Kevin Hayes is our deadline acquisition. Sure. Yeah. Take that. Um, because he's free to come back in three games. I think he had to, he was on, um, he still is on long-term injured reserve. So that means he's out 10 games. Flyers played their eighth game of the season tonight. So two more games uh, after Pittsburgh, after Washington, he'll be eligible to come back. Yeah, but it's not the like he's healthy standing there, like waiting to play, right? He's still, well, he's skating um, before practice with Ryan Ellis, who is, you know, day to day. So he he could be available to return, even if he does return right at the eleven game mark. I I wouldn't be optimistic that he's going to be difference maker Kevin Hayes for a while, but he's still a good player. Throw him out he's, there on the power play. Yeah, throw him out there on power play. Throw him out in the overtime. maybe the penalty kill. Depend. You know what do you say? Overtime. Overtime. Sure, I guess. Um, overtime Kevin Hayes is my favorite. Overtime Kevin Hayes. Penalty kill Kevin Hayes is my favorite. Yeah, penalty kill Kevin Hayes is my favorite. Um, but even just, you know, put him on the, the fourth line to get him acclimated. You know, get him back in there and have him ramp up to, to him as the, the number two the center. Pole. Six men on the goalie pole? Yeah, when you pull the goalie, you, you set him Oh, up. gotcha, the, gotcha. I thought you were making some weird totem pole reference. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> kind of scared where you're going be, with this. Uh, culturally sensitive. It would not. That's why I like was apprehensive. I'm a Braves fan over here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> not ready to segue yet. Not ready to segue yet. Okay, good. Because um, I do want to talk about the goaltenders. Yeah, I want to talk about them too. I, w- I want to know 
What's the deal? We having a bounce back year. How's Mr. Jones doing? Mr. Jones is doing great. Um, me and Mr. Jones, we got a thing going on. Um, so you thought I was going to go counting crows. Pivoted on you. Yeah, yeah um, pivoted, actually. <laughs> but um, let's start with let's start with Martin Jones, and then we'll celebrate Carter Hart. Jones has looked good in his two starts. He has been everything you want from a backup goaltender and more. I've seen him like, well, yeah, it was a good start for a backup. Like, no, that was a fine start. I don't think there's enough there to, to say, hey, he should be in consideration for for the starting goaltender, you know, regardless of Hart's play. There's just not enough there. But as a backup, you have to love. You know, it's not been sufficient. It's been really, really good for a backup. If – I. I don't expect that level of play to last all season, but if it only comes down a little, then perfect backup, especially with how well Carter Hart's playing. Carter Hart is his old self. Yeah. Um, Competent defense in front of him, right? Like that's all the, that makes all the difference, right? It makes a ton of difference. It makes sure. a ton of difference. And I think they feed off one another. You know, the defense knows that they can trust him to take the shot. And I want to say it was Carter Hart's second start of the year um, where he looked a little shaky. And it was his second start where he looked a little shaky. And, you know, my throat got a little tight. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's see what happens next. In his next game, he was phenomenal. He had a shutout tonight. He's yeah. been he's been the, the goalie that was advertised. He's been the goalie that we saw uh, his first two seasons. I'm... I'm more and more comfortable that last season was an anomaly. He's going to have bad games. He's going to. Every goalie does. But I think more games than not, he's going to be a huge factor into why the Flyers win. And with Martin Jones playing as well as he has, I think they really can feed off one another. Uh, Kim Delaval, I've mentioned before, he's the goaltender coach who got the most out of Martin Jones with, with his time in L.A. He's here with the Flyers. Those two paired together, I, I think it could be a really, really strong tandem. Well, it was starter and backup, but I think it's not going to be, well, let's hope Jones only allows three goals and the Flyers score four. He can win a 2-1 game. He did just the other night against a, a good Vancouver team. Yeah. So the, the goaltending I'm thrilled with, and it does, it is a two-way street. If you are a defender and you know you can trust your goalie to make the stop, you can play your game differently. You can let them take the shot. Um, Ristolainen, there's been a lot of, you know, bad-mouthing his play. I think he's been fine. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been fine. But if he's fine in that second pair role and is comfortable that the goalie behind him for the first time in his career is going to make the stop, that can trend in a better direction. So there's that the goaltending can really help solve any anxiety left over from last season. I'm not talking about amongst the fan base. I'm talking about on, on the players themselves. Yeah. You know, as much as the team turned over, you know, there's still a good chunk of players who were here last year. And the more games Carter Hart plays like he did tonight, like he's been playing pretty much all season, the more you can go Carter 
Carter's there for us. And if we screw up, he'll bail us out, but we have to return the favor. And I I feel like I've been seeing that a lot. You know, like you said earlier, Gene, the team has each other's back. And that goes for having your goalies back, too. So the next three games, uh, the Flyers play the Penguins the, and the Capitals on the road and then come home for one game against the Maple Leafs. So I'm assuming that Jones will play the Capitals game. Um, because we always sit Carter Hart in the most important games. We always do. We I always love do. I don't. I don't understand this. I if it's a I'm critical not... game, the backup goaltender will be playing. What the one Boston start? I, I just feel like it always had like all last year, year before. I, I just I don't know what like I feel like maybe it's a file that I have about Elaine Vigneault that he does this, but you're not wrong in that he was sheltered on the road definitely his his rookie year and that some of the the tougher opponents on the road brian elliott got the start i i think he i'd have to look at the schedule to see how dense games get to to wonder if they'd split it up but with how well he's playing, I think they give him the Penguins start. If he looks great in the Penguins game, you give him the Capitals start too. It's Thursday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday. That's the schedule. Moving yeah, forward. there's no reason he can't start all three. Um, it wouldn't hurt to get Jones in there. Um, but I would really hope Saturday, it's a huge game, especially like it's a huge game night, especially for Canadian players because Saturday's hockey night in Canada. Yeah. You know, I think. I, I'd be disappointed if Hart plays well in Pittsburgh and is on the bench against Washington. And we'll see, Dave. You know, if if you're right, that backs up well yourself, but it backs up a lot of the 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 criticism about A V and not trusting the younger guy or overly sheltering Carter Hart. I don't expect it to happen, provided he has a good game in Pittsburgh. All right. And if he plays the Capitals game, I will stop bringing this up. No, you won't. (laughs) (laughs) He found that it gets under my skin. That is correct. It does? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, (laughs) Gene, do you have any final Flyers ruminations? No, just they have been fun to watch this year, and I've been been really enjoying the games that I've watched. And – yeah, I'm 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 excited to see them start to really blossom into the team they're going to be. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, listen. For the last ten minutes of the show, I, I want to talk about baseball because I love baseball. Um, and uh, it's the fifth inning, and the the Braves are winning six nothing, and so it looks like this is going to be the last baseball game of the year. No, oh, so sad. Until February, maybe. Maybe. Until, oh, well, oh, I see where you're going. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Because what is the date? It's like December 3rd or something like that. The soon, um, sooner than sooner than you would like. Yeah, I think it's like midnight on December 2nd. The collective bargaining agreement expires and no one knows what's going to happen. Um, well, we assume there's going to be a lockout. Uh, and it's a big one because the owners have been for years preparing to take a stand 
with a salary cap. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the things that was sort of factored in to the JT Real Muto signing. There was a lot of talk around that that it was like, well, you know, he may be setting the bar for catchers, but look out. Yeah. Here comes the lockout. And I I mean, I don't know. Like I, I I posed the question, would you like to see a salary cap in baseball? Coming from I mean, we are a fans of a big market team. We don't always flex that muscle, but it's certainly there if we choose to flex it. It's it's I guess it's a really tough question. I would probably say the the salary cap does make for a more competitive league. Um, baseball is unique amongst the four big sports in that it seems like only, what, 10 to a dozen, let's say a dozen teams really feel like they're going for it in any given year. Sure. You know, if you put in a salary cap, eventually it should level the playing field and it shouldn't have to be, are we mortgaging the future? You know, spread some of the, the wealth around, no pun intended, but spread some of the, the wealth around and not have everybody just go, hey, they're a free agent and boy, do they like pinstripes. You know, it's fun being a fan in the Northeast, even though the, the Phillies are a relatively small part of this. But, yeah. you know, from from Philly to Boston and everywhere in between, there's a lot of activity, you know, and then in your Southern California and your St. Louis. But outside of that, when's the last time someone went to the Mariners? You know, no, who's who right. the hell's going to Baltimore? Right. You know? And that's kind of the thing. It's like there is. um there's just so much opportunity for teams in baseball to be mired in just terrible, terrible bits just for decades. Like you're just bad for decades. It's crazy to see teams like 20 years with losing records. Like it's just wild. Like how, how can you, I mean, how can you even sustain a franchise like that, well, it's because there's you know revenue sharing and TV deals and things like that. But it's just like you know, if you're a Pirates fan, it's just like fucking misery without like ever any hope. And no one, you're not going to attract a free agent to go to Pittsburgh or you know, it's just not going to happen. And I think the other the, the other three major sports have successful salary caps. I mean, make it a big one. Make it a big one. You know, whatever. Make it a big salary cap so you can fit a lot of money in it. I, I, you know, I don't know. They certainly are the wealthiest. Uh, it seems like they have the most cash to spend. I, you know, I don't know wh- how that happens over, you know, football and stuff. But, um, you know, the athletes make certainly make the most in baseball. Um, I, I think it would be good. And I think what probably would be most interesting is to put a – uh, salary floor in um, because I know a lot of these teams are getting money. I mean, they have a team like the Marlins have a TV deal. You, you know, the Rockies have a TV deal. 
and they're, they're getting money from the big clubs that are going over the luxury tax or whatever it is. So they have money. They're just not spending it. Yep. Yeah, it's it, – there's a lot of, you know, old-fashioned things that we love about baseball. You know, the fact that it is kind of different than the, the four major sports. And I don't want expanded playoffs, but it's they just keep getting a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger over time. I I don't want the I've warmed up to the modified extra innings or whatever the case may be. But this is one where I well, think this is too now. Well, who knows? All cards yeah, are off the I, table. I, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, but you're it, right. It, the right. the the contract negotiations just to get the like return to play, you know that let the last two seasons happen. Yeah. They have not been pretty. Yeah. Like this is going to be ugly. I I imagine at least some of the season will be lost to this lockout, and you know the NHL has that you know famous claim of you know, the only professional sport in North America to lose a whole season to, to labor issues. If the, if the uh, MLB owners want a salary cap, there might not be baseball. They, they not, might not be professional baseball next year. So it's, it's going to be ugly. With that said, baseball needs to be modernized to make all, all the teams compelling. You know, you need something to root for. Maybe your team is tanking for a season or two, but you need some sort of engagement. You can't have so many fan bases disinterested in, in what, May, June? You know, you look around the start of the season, and yeah, it's the pandemic, but even before that, you'd see empty ballparks. And we make fun of Miami because there's, is empty regardless of their record. It seems like, and the record's almost always bad unless they're winning the World Series that year. But all around, all around baseball, it it sucks. It stinks to see that, like you know, this game is going to be played to hardly any fans. And I think a salary cap can can help that and make the game more compelling, make it more relevant to, to all the markets in baseball. Yeah, I mean, you should have to be careful with your money. You should have to be careful with your contract. I mean, the thing in baseball is like, I don't give a shit. It's not my money. Spend all the goddamn money you want. Like, yeah, sign this guy. I don't give a fuck. 13 years, 15 years. Who cares if he's shit at the end of the contract? Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. We'll just buy somebody else who's good. Like, it, it, you should have to be crafty and be careful with it and be smart with it. And the smartest teams should rise to the top. Uh, and I, I think that that's that's true in all sports. And I think, you know, I, I think it would be great for baseball as well. But I think that there should also there should be a, a, a cap and a floor. Um, and that's when you start to bunch these teams together. And then the entire year gets to be much more compelling because if everyone, you know, if you don't have 100 win teams and you don't have 60 win teams, Oh, well, then guess what happens to all these playoff races? And then they get more complicated. And then you have four teams and two divisions that could, you know, potentially all tie for a wild card. And then there could be play-in games and all that, like, great stuff that comes down in September. But here's another thing. Here's another thing. December 2nd, midnight, 
everything stops. No trades, no free agency, no signings, nothing. So no hot stove um, this winter either. So sorry, Gene. Gonna have, to eat, gonna have to eat cold macaroni and cheese. My toes don't like this. <laughs> here's so here's not the only other do thing I have, add to this. No, no Eagles playoffs. Not only do you have, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to the Sixers in the postseason, but the, the Flyers will probably make playoffs this year. But you're not, not going to have any compelling uh, hot stove talk. Man, I'm just going to have to, like, watch college basketball or something. Uh, go Gonzaga! Um, <laughs> I knew it. I was going to put money that <laughs> you're going to reference Gonzaga in your thoughts. Here's what I'm going to add. They, they break the, your heart every time. Tell them they break your heart every time. Stop it with the Gonzaga. It's not my fault. It's my father's fault. He, he did this to me. Um, the, the thing I want to add is there's a couple of things that I think may also start to be more realistically discussed in the game of baseball. One of the things was some of these more crazy ideas that I heard sort of taking different elements of salary caps from other leagues and sort of adding them in. And I want to see what you guys thought of this element. So in basketball, there are the, is the idea of the max contract. Love it. What would you think of the idea of having a certain amount of max contracts on a baseball team, and what do you think that number would be? Obviously, you have a much smaller roster in basketball. Yeah. Um, so you can only have – I don't know. How many max contracts do you give in a basketball team? Three? That How many you can have on an Three? NBA team? I don't know. I think you can have two. Two? Maybe. At least two. I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on salary caps. And I'm stuff, not either. But I do know but... that you can have a super max if it's a homegrown player. Right. Right. So that's sort of, you know – an element that you could also bring in. I think that would like work it. great. That's like a baseball. soft cap. I think the idea of having some sort of an incentive to be able to give a guy more money if he comes through your system would be really great, especially considering how important I think it is for baseball fans to be able to, especially the really devoted ones, to sort of be able to follow a guy through yeah. minor leagues up yeah. through the system. Um I think that it would could also possibly start to eliminate that game that they play with years of service, which I think sometimes can be bad oh, for baseball. Yeah. And they've got guys that are clearly ready and will impact the 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 team that is is being fielded, and they don't come and join the team until the end of May, so that you, they don't lose. I think that's bad for fans, and I think it's bad for players. The only people that benefit is ownership, uh, and I rarely do I want to like get their back. So. Anything that is strictly just going to save owners money, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, so I think that the idea of having super max contracts, max contracts or whatever, I think that that would be a really important element or at least an interesting element to add into um, into these sort of negotiations. Um, I think the main thing that you need to see with baseball is if you notice when you get into these, you know, it's year after year, you have somebody else that's coming along and then like, you know, because Fernando Tatis is probably going to eventually, if he, when he becomes a free agent, you're going to see a, a contract that's going to be so astronomical, high, astronomically high. It's going to set this new. I mean, we thought we saw that with a Tatis is in year one of it. Blown by dude, how many Tatis times? Tatis is in year one of a 14 year deal. Okay, so he's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> there is going to be another player that's going to come along, and he's going to he's going to break the bank again, so to speak. Um, yeah. So. There, there is a certain amount of inflation with like the truly uh, star players in baseball. That yeah. is, is there has to be a sort of uh, a breaking point. 
Um, I mean, the, these contracts are, are more money than these people would possibly ever need. And I, I am not opposed to people getting paid for their services, but I, I mean, like at this point, it, it, you're you're haggling over breaking a record yeah. that that doesn't need to be haggled. Yeah, like, over. like Francisco Lindor's con, he's on a ten-year, three hundred and sixty million dollar contract. You should have to pay for that mistake, right? Right. You know. Like and you should have to pay. Is, you know, there, there is no the, – the owners are sort of compelled that if they want to draw in that star player, they have to pay the piper. Like, this is the price of poker. If you yeah, how, want come no other, chip, how come no other uh, no other sport you have to pay someone a million dollars a year for the next 30 years after they've retired? That's because <laughs> of creative accounting in New York. That's it's, all that is. That's, that's, that's somebody that used to work right. for, like, a family in Queens that's like, hey – you know, I got an idea how we go make this work with that, you know, with Bobby Bonilla. Uh, no, that is like a hell of an accent. Gene, that was yeah. incredible. That, like I don't even want to talk. We shouldn't even talk Sopranos anymore. We, that we um, should end. We should. We got to end the show now because that that needs to be the final. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can top that. Gene, you want to do the outro in your New York accent? Yeah, I think I will do the outro. Yeah, check out the whip around. <laughs> 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 all right, that, that 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 is it. Stop. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Um, <laughs> if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Also, check us out on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Philadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Uh, and also, be sure to check out the Painted Lines on YouTube uh, for wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. Also, check out the Philly Sports Alliance on Facebook for even more Philly sports coverage. We'll be back next Tuesday talking. What are we going to talk about? We got. We're going to have Sixer stuff to talk about. We're going to have um, Flyers. The Eagles are playing the Chargers. Um, and who knows what other goodies are going to descend upon us from the next uh, Nick Sirianni press. So we'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Um, until then, have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here. <laughs>